I'll do social. Charlotte can do like rate, view, subscribe, <laughs> rate, review, subscribe, share, all that. Rate, shit. view. Please view us. Please don't view us. <laughs> Please don't view I us. Said, rate, I said rate, view, and rescribe. <laughs> Welcome to the Bears and Brews podcast, Microbrewin edition. I am Pam, and I'm joined by Charlotte. Hey. And Salome. Hi. I like so, that. Sorry. That okay. was really nice. Okay. Yeah. A little prompting. Um, so we made sure to do pandas a few weeks ago for Salome, and today's Thank episode, you. today's Microbrewin, is pandas something again. especially, <laughs> is something especially for Charlotte. Aw. Guys, it's so cool. So today I want to talk about a very special kind of deer that lives in Charlotte's neck of the woods. It is called like, the not Seneca my neck White of the deer. woods. Yeah, like down the street. Like it's yeah. like right there. Because there's Seneca, New York, right? Did you guys? I think isn't that a there? Town? No. Yeah, yeah. And I'm on Seneca Lake. Um, oh. Well, not directly on it, but uh, Geneva is directly on at the top of Seneca Lake. Yeah, so the Seneca white deer are exactly what they sound like. They are deer that are white, which you don't really see. Um, Like totally white? And Pam did all the official research, but I can add anecdotes. I did all the official research, but I want a lot, because Charlotte has seen them. She's hung out with them. Is that a fair I have not hung out with them. I actually, I am, as Pam can attest to, I am not a good wildlife watcher. I'm just not. Wait, you haven't seen them? I thought you've seen them. I. I personally have not seen them because I'm a terrible wildlife watcher. And the the part they're in, we're stopping. (laughs) The part in the city of Geneva where they are is like, it's very like woodsy, so it's like hard to see. For me, it's hard to see. Like Pam can say, actually, ten thousand acres of woodsy. Yeah, so I have not personally seen them. I I know plenty of people who have. Um, I. family friend uh when we were all young they used to pay their kids a dollar if they saw them (laughs) or or maybe it was you got a dollar if you saw the most i would just lie Um, i personally have not seen them. but that's like that's what i do when i go hiking with my friends and they bring their kids i give a dollar for every piece of trash they pick up oh that's awesome so i've not personally I've not personally seen them, but I have run the Run With the Deer 10K, uh, which is held at the Seneca Army Depot, which is uh, how the white deer came to be. And I know that sounds completely bizarre. uh, How would the Seneca Army Depot, of all things, uh, create a new species of deer? Or not species, but subspecies, uh, subset. That Army Depot was built in 1941. And they put a 24 mile fence around the perimeter, but they didn't, they didn't bother to clear the area first. So a herd of white-tailed deer, that's the species, they were essentially like trapped inside, isolated inside. I mean, basically. I mean, it's 10,000 acres, so I don't really want to say trapped because it's a shitload of acres and fine, but yeah. Prevented from going outside of the fence. Yeah, isolated, right? This yeah. herd of white-tailed deer. And a portion of that population has leucism, which is not 
albinism. So they're not albinos, but they just have an all white coat because of the recessive gene. So and what happens when you breed recessive to recessive? You get you recessive. See a lot of that, you see a lot of that gene. They will have a recessive baby. And what happens when you put a fence up and then they can't mate with heterozygous populations that possess at least one copy of the dominant gene, right? Much like the Kermode bears or spirit bears that we've talked about in Canada. Remember, those are actual American black bears, but they are white. And, and it's the same reason. Yes. They're not albinos. It's the same exact right. reason. And, and since they're blocked off from leaving that 10,000 acre area, they're not able to breed with those other deer populations. So, and what did you call it again? The albinism, it's... Leucism? Leucism. Leucistic. That's so cool. Leucistic, leucism. L-E-U-C. I learned yeah. something. Yeah, so now there's a growing population of white deer, specifically, and all due to one small or seemingly small human action of building a fence. And, and it wasn't just a fence because like a lot of deer can just hop a fence. This was yeah, like yeah, yeah. a big fucking fence with like barbed wire and shit. Like the deer were like, yeah. fuck that, we'll just stay inside. We'll just stay here. And so you had all these, uh, all these recessive deer mating with other recessive deer, which makes other recessive babies and the population slowly grows. And I assume, I mean, I guess that is what a genetic bottleneck kind of is, right? Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's an it's a good example of selective breeding. But a lot of times when we think of selective breeding, we're thinking of in the intention behind it. So this right. could be considered selective breeding, but but not intentionally. And so the first decade after this army depot was created, they would actually shoot the white ones to try and keep it. So this was in the 50s, right? So a lot of times back then the it was a lot of sucked. Right. We got to like call the herd, that kind of thing. So the idea was we're going to shoot a lot of them to help keep their numbers low so that they can have a consistent population. But that practice was actually stopped um, in the 50s by the depot commander. He was like, nobody is shooting these fucking deer anymore. Like, I know I bring this up all the time, but the irony of humans that like just grow at an at an alarming rate trying to like stabilize population numbers violently oh you are preaching on the choir like it is pretty ironic yes yeah but i think the problem is so this depot closed in 2000 and the land throughout that like from then till now has slowly actually been like divided and kind of parceled not parceled out but kind of like so on one end of it, they have built a maximum security prison. Oh, yes. And is, that, is that the one in Auburn? I'm not sure, but I know it's on part of that 10,000 acres. They they got rid of about 3,000. They sold off about 3,000 of it. So they also used part of the military housing, and they've turned it into, like, housing for troubled youth, basically. And there's been, like, proposals to build, like, a biofuel electricity plant where they're growing like different grasses and willows and shit to basically harvest for biofuel and make electricity from but okay that's pretty cool it is cool it was denied um as was a proposal for a cold war museum to be put on the property but in 2016 oh it's five points Sorry, I was like, which which prison is that? Oh, okay. <laughs> Five points makes more sense. I'm just bad at geography. Um, <laughs> um, in 2016, 
about 7,000 acres were bought by a rich white dude. And he worked Oh, wow. With, I'm so surprised. Right? But here's the good thing. The reason why I mentioned that he's a rich white dude, he worked with the founders of Seneca White Deer Inc., White Deer Inc., mm-hmm. to establish Deer Haven Park. So Aww. it's now a conservation park, and it has a little okay, welcome center. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, it has a little welcome center and a museum, and you can take like bus tours or van tours or just an auto tour driving your own vehicle. I will have to do this. I did not know that was there. Uh, so they don't do, do tours that. in the winter, but um, can we do one when I come visit next fall for a Bills game? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So, so also one thing I did want to mention about, you know, creating other species and things like that. So the last count, there was about 700 deer in the park and only about two to 300 of them are all white. So we're, there's still diversity there, but that doesn't mean that they can't develop other things that would then make them their own subspecies or right. actual species over time. Okay, so at this point, it's just really a coat variation because of it. I yeah, it's I just thought a mutation it was more widespread, coloring. and it's more of a widespread mutation because of the separation with the fence, limiting yes. them from breeding. Yeah, I mean, if you took seven hundred. Yeah, if you took 700 white-tailed deer in upstate New York in general, there's, you know, there's definitely not going to be two to 300 of them that are all white. Absolutely. Like, not even fucking close. No, 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 no. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of fun. I just, but it's you know, two very recessive cool. genes, so you have to, you know, it, the fact that there's still, you know, five to, you know, four or five hundred deer that that are normal color it would take quite a long time to where the the entire herd would be white okay i did not realize it's recessive so you need to breed you basically need to breed two whites to two whites or have you know pam ranting about breeding whites and whites Two white deer to two white deer. So it, it's recessive. So mm-hmm. so you'd have to have the right combination of genetics between the ones that have the all white coat and the ones that have the normal That's coat. That's what people say too. But because of the separation, you have a greater percentage of the population is the white deer. Oh yeah, I mean that's twenty to you know that's like twenty percent. Yeah, that's a that's a big percent for for such a mutation. I don't know. It's just kind of... It's bigger than um, spirit bears. There's about 10%. Oh, okay. So, yeah. And it's definitely something that around here, like, people know about. They might not know the finer details, but they know about the Seneca white deer. They know that the Seneca white deer are, like, special. And I just love local history. um, And anywhere I have Well, it seems like want to, like, preserve them, too. Yeah, because they're special. And they people in upstate New York definitely have a um have a real wow. appreciation and pride for where we're from. Look at this. And they're beautiful. They're aren't they gorgeous. Just so gorgeous. And I just think that that's kind of the why um people are kind of proud of the white deer and want to preserve them and uh as they yeah, should be. It's, and it's something that like makes us a little bit different and a little bit special. And as someone who is very interested in local history and proud of local history, oh, I love that. My fucking god! That, Look at this picture. Historically, I think that's uh, uh, there's um, proof of that being. 
helpful for conservation efforts. I guess having something like that tied to the identity of like a certain location, like a yeah. city or yeah, that makes or sense. Oh yeah, because it gets people to give a shit. Because people are proud. They're like, like oh, yeah. this is like this is a symbol of where I'm from. I care about where I'm from. Therefore, I care about this. Yeah, I mean, it's like in Anchorage, Alaska, right now. There's like a white raven, oh, and really? everyone is like all about it but everyone's like we need to preserve this fucking white raven that's how you get people to care in general yeah anyway so that's seneca white deer and when i come out to visit i'm gonna we're gonna fucking go how far how far away is that from your house 20 minutes oh my god we're going maybe maybe 30 yeah no it's it's not far it's on the other side of the lake okay cool we're gonna do it uh all right thanks everybody um hope you enjoyed this micro micro brewing (laughs) follow us on facebook and instagram bears and brews podcast on both of those things if you think the seneca white deer are interesting please make sure you share this episode with a friend or on your instagram stories and don't forget to rate and review and subscribe to the podcast because it helps us grow and get uh the wildlife word out to more people you can email us at bears and bruise podcast at gmail.com why are you laughing at me Shut the fuck up, Pam. You were just so professional. You can email Pam and tell her to shut the fuck up at Bears and Brews Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and Savage Salome comes out. You can. You can absolutely email me and tell me to shut the fuck up. Well, you up. said you were I'm not fine. gonna, but you can. You were fine with people with, like, dissenting opinions, so. Yeah, that's different than <laughs> just saying shut the fuck up. Hey, Pam, I disagree with you. I have a differing opinion. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.